1: Dr. Michael Yusuf encouraging you to have an eternal perspective. I'm speaking to that person today who may have allowed doubt to choke your vision for life. He can breathe a new vision in you. I'm talking to that person who may have allowed sin and addiction to rule and ruin your life. He can break those chains. I've seen it too many times to doubt it. You and I will never understand the power of godly perspective on this side of heaven. Only in heaven will we understand what your ministry, small or big, regardless of what it is, you will never understand this side of heaven, what God is doing through your ministry, whatever it may be.
0: Welcome to Leading the Way with pastor and author, Dr. Michael Youssef. As you know, life gets overwhelming sometimes, but grasping and holding onto God's perspective can energize you to tackle whatever it brings your way. Dr Yusuf's new series offers you words of empowerment. He calls the series Having the Right Perspective. Through God's word you'll see God's perspective and be challenged to realign with where God has you and what he may be calling you to today. Listen with me as Dr Yusuf begins today's leading the way.
1: You know they talk about hindsight 2020. But only those who have a godly perspective not only can see the past and the present, but they're able, under God's power, see the future. You say, Michael, why is that so important, to have the right perspective, the godly perspective? Well, because perspective impacts your effectiveness. In fact, your perspective impacts your life impacts all of your relationships. It impacts your focus. It impacts your spiritual walk with the Lord. It impacts everything you do. Proverbs fifteen fifteen said that when one is gloomy, everything seems go wrong. When he is cheerful, everything seems right. In other words, your perspective impacts your life. Your perspective impacts your effectiveness. John Stott said that the Christian chief occupational has it particularly those in ministry, is depression and discouragement. And I personally believe that discouragement is Satan's most effective tool in his toolbox. What is that godly perspective? Listen to me carefully. What is that godly perspective? It is that ability to live above the temporary setbacks. We all have setbacks. Is being able to live above those. It is living a life that is too busy to wallow in the past. It is living a life that is too good to waste on bitterness. It is a life that is lived too high to be dragged into the mud of self-pity. It is a life of living upward and onward that not be slowed down by the cynics and by the critics. It is a living a life of expectancy and anticipation of the faithfulness of God and the promises of God. It's a living a life that is focused in what God can do and will do, not what cannot happen. Your perspective will make all the difference in the world. As I combed the pages of the scripture, I found... A woman in the Bible. Her godly perspective took her from shattered dreams to great glories. Her name is Naomi. She experienced greater pain and greater setbacks than most of us, if not all of us, will ever experience in many lifetimes. Yet she tried to maintain that godly perspective in the middle of her shattered dreams. She tried to maintain the godly perspective in the middle of her bitter experiences. She sought to maintain the godly perspective in the middle of her deep disappointments. She sought to maintain the godly perspective in the midst of her bleak despair. The story of Naomi is found in the book of Ruth. Naomi and her husband, and her two boys, Malan and Killian. They lived in Bethlehem, the very Bethlehem, where the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, was born. they actually Bethlehemites. But when a famine struck that part of the world, instead of staying and trusting in the Lord... They took off and went to the Gentile land, the enemy's land, the land of Moab. And there in Moab, the two sons married two local girls, Gentile girls. Then first, Naomi lost her husband, Elimelech. Ten years later, she lost her two boys. You talk about grief and pain and sorrow. So she tells her two daughters-in-law, local girls, Gentile girls, she says to them, you go back to your homes, you go back to your family, I can't do a thing for you right now. I'm going to go back to Bethlehem, where I came from, I'm going to go to my family. One of the daughters-in-law listened to her and she went home, but the other one would hear nothing of it. She was adamant that she will not leave her mother-in-law. That one daughter-in-law named Ruth, for whom that book in the Bible is named. Can you imagine for a pride Jew to see a Gentile woman named in their Bible? But that's the grace of God. That's the mercy of God. That's our God. Amen? Amen? This loyal woman, Gentile though she was, was loyal woman. Indeed, she was a convert to Yahweh. She said to her mother-in-law Naomi, she said, No way will I leave you. No way will I be separated from you. I will stick with you thick or thin. I'm going to worship your God. I'm going to follow your God. I saw the faithfulness of your God, and I saw your commitment to your God, and I'm not going to leave you alone. I will go with you to Bethlehem. Wherever you go, I'm going to go to the land of promise. And so back in Bethlehem, Naomi's daughter-in-law meets a rich relative of Naomi by the name of Boaz. Boaz was the closest relative to Naomi. He marries Ruth, and they have a son. And they call him Obed, servant of God, servant of the Lord. So here they are. (laughs) From the pain of loss, God gives Ruth a son. From the grief and the sorrow of bereavement in a strange land comes Obed, who was the father of Jesse, who was the father of King David, who was the direct ancestor of the Lord Jesus Christ. From the broken pieces of life comes the grandfather of David. From the hurt and the grief of death in a strange land comes the human ancestor of the Messiah. Our God is a God of grace. Our God is a God of honoring His promises. And today I'm here to testify to you and testify to you for what the Lord has done. That through the years we have faced many detractors, uh, many naysayers, many critics. But I'm also here to testify that if it were not for the incredible, unbelievable, unexplainable, and undeserved grace of God, and the godly perspective probably would not be here today. From the first day, some of those denominational leaders said to us, we don't need a Bible-believing church. Uh, They said that such Bible-believing church would never survive. They said that such Bible-believing church in a liberal denomination will never succeed. They were right about that. We succeeded in spite of them. Some of those denominational leaders, when they saw that God is beginning to bless a church and a church began to grow, they turned their guns on me personally. I'm an easier target. I was called every name in the book. Every time I turned, somebody said, you know, so-and-so said that about you. I said, God bless him." from a heretic to a fundamentalist and everything in between from ignorant to backward to everything you have never words you've never heard and I hope you'll never hear <laughs> But the godly perspective constantly assured us again and again and again that this church is God's idea, not mine, that this church is His plan, not mine, that this church is here to serve His purpose, not mine, that this church was used by God globally, that this church was raised by Him to be a lighthouse to a raging sea of confusion of today, that this church was raised to be a fortress for the truth in a world where the truth is gradually disappearing, that this is to be a lighthouse on the hill for a dark and ever increasingly dark world. That was his purpose. The godly perspective has always lifted me up when I get into discouragement and doubt. And now I'm here to testify to you about this. The godly perspective kept me moving forward when the detractors were trying to pull me back. The godly perspective has lifted me up when the enemy was trying to pull me down. And I often thought of the words of Helen Keller. Keep your face to the sunshine and you cannot see the shadow. And she ought to know. And you know the great thing about the book of Ruth is that godly perspective. It's an incredible incredible story of the God perspective. You see, in the beginning, it looked so dark to Naomi. It looked so dismal. But the God's perspective carried her through all the way to glorious ending. The godly perspective took this widow, who is childless now, lost all her children, and placed her In God's holy book, you say, Why? So that millions and millions and millions of people can be encouraged by her. All the defeated, all the discouraged, be encouraged today by the story of Naomi. I want you to listen carefully, please. What God did for Naomi, He can do for you. You, whom I have given up hope, He can give you a new hope. For you who are staring at a shattered dream, he can give you a new one. You who have lost your joy, he can restore your joy. You who may have allowed bitterness to drown you in its waters, he can float you on his yacht. You who may have allowed fear and anxiety to be your constant companion, he can deliver you today. I'm speaking to that person today who may have allowed doubt to choke your vision for life. He can breathe a new vision in you. I'm talking to that person. Who may have allowed sin and addiction. To rule and ruin your life. He can break those chains. I've seen it too many times to doubt it. I'm talking to that person. Who have allowed the devil to intimidate you. He fights on your behalf right now. You who have been depressed and discouraged. He can do for you. What he did for Naomi. For the God who provided Boaz, the kinsman redeemer, has given us himself to be our kinsman redeemer. And you couldn't get a better one than that. You know, when I reflect upon the, some of those difficult days, early days, or even when I face some difficulties today, the Lord always graciously reminds me of the godly perspective. Not just of what he has done in the past. That's easy to see but what he's going to do in the future. You see, when Naomi held baby Obed in her arms, although she felt blessed, she was delighted. She was so thankful. She was blessing God for replacing the years that have been eaten by the locusts. But she has not, did not have an inclination of what is coming around the corner. What is yet to come? Uh, even though she was rejoicing in what God has done, she could not even fathom what, that she was holding in her arms the grandfather of King David, the human ancestor of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And I thought long and hard, and, and I want to illustrate what I'm trying to tell you. But I want to tell you a true historical story factual things that God has done in order to encourage you and lift you up and conclude by appealing to you, if you don't have already, to seek the godly perspective. Whether you are young or old, it makes no difference. Back in the 1800s, there was an ordinary Christian. No, he was not a preacher. He was not a famous evangelist. He was not even in full-time ministry, but he was obedient He was teaching a small class, Sunday school class, of boys. And one day he made a decision under God that I'm going to visit every single one of those boys. And I'm going to challenge one-on-one about their relationship and their commitment to Christ. And he made that commitment and he went about visiting every one of those boys in his class. One of those teenagers was a stock clerk in a shoe store and he knew that's the only time, the only way he can meet with him and to be in the store. So this teacher came and stood at the door, and he almost didn't go in. But the Holy Spirit prevailed and, and took the hesitation away. And he moved in and asked for the young lad, and he found him in the stock room working in the back. After a conversation with this young man, uh, this young man prayed with him and received Christ. But that's not all. This young man began to have a vision for life, a perspective, a godly perspective on life. And he became on fire for the Lord, a teenager. And so he went to his pastor after he was converted. He said, I want to teach Sunday school. And the pastor said, I don't think that's possible. (laughs) He was not discouraged. He was not deterred. He he just kept going. He found in the streets of Chicago some wayward boys, and he began to witness to them, began to lead them to Christ. One by one, when he got up to 30 young boys, he went back to the pastor and he said, Now can I teach Sunday school? It's my class. I'm bringing him in. (laughs) And the pastor could not resist, and he consented. It began a ministry that impacted the world and continues to impact the world to this day. That young man was D.L. Moody. One of D.L. Moody's biographers said that D.L. Moody depopulated hell by at least one million souls. But if that would be the end of the story, it would be incredible, it would be wonderful. But that's not the end of the story. Moody traveled a great deal, and he went to England. And among the churches that he spoke in England was this stately church that was pastored by F.B. Meyer. Now, F.B. Meyer was an Oxford graduate, very cultured, and very different from the rough-talking American evangelist. Deal, Moody and F.B. Meyer just didn't get along. But D.L. Moody nonetheless continued to speak, and he testified about the Sunday school teacher who came to his shop and shared Christ with him, and how he led every one of those boys to Christ. One of the women in the F.B. Myers church in London heard that, and she was challenged, and she went out and began to visit every one of the girls in her Sunday school class. And she went back to F.B. Meyer and she testified to him at how the power of God working in the testimony of D.L. Moody led all her girls to Christ, and F.B. Meyer came under conviction, and it felt so terrible. He went and apologized to D.L. Moody, and from that moment on, they became great friends. D.L. Moody invited F.B. Meyer to come to the United States. And while he was speaking to a large group of young men, he said, I sense someone here in this meeting struggling with a question. And he continued, and he said, can I ask you this? If you are not willing to do everything that the Lord wants you to do, are you willing to be made willing? And that young man who was in that meeting was J. Wilbur Chapman. And he was wrestling with God that night. Chapman made a commitment to Christ, and he became a great evangelist. He led tens of thousands of people to Christ. One of them, a man who came to work with, actually became his traveling companion. He was rough-talking former baseball player and a YMCA worker. And so when Chapman retired, this uncouth former baseball player stepped behind the pulpit, and at that moment, is a whole new chapter in evangelism in America has been turned. His name was Billy Sunday. And if that was the rest of the story, it would have been enough. But that's not all. Billy Sunday preached in many places, and he went to preach in Charlotte, North Carolina. And there was a group of farmers, after the meetings of Billy Sunday, they began to meet on a regular basis. And they began to cry to the Lord. Do something great for Charlotte. And then they said, no, 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 let's pray God, do something great for the world, beginning in Charlotte. And they invited an evangelist by the name of Mordecai Ham to preach in Charlotte. First night, the response was terrible. It really was disappointing. Three or four teenagers, at the encouragement of one of the elders, came forward. Actually, they came to make fun of the preacher. But then they responded to the invitation. Among those boys was Billy Graham... Grady Wilson and T.W. Wilson, who both became administrators of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Two brothers. You and I will never understand the power of godly perspective on this side of heaven. Only in heaven will we understand what your ministry, small or big, regardless of what it is. You will never understand this side of heaven, what God is doing through your ministry, whatever it may be. And the reason I'm telling you this story is because as far as heaven is concerned, it is not the Billy Grahams of this world. It is not the Billy Sundays of this world. It is not the Mordecai Hams or even the Deal Moody's of this world who will receive the greatest reward. The greatest reward will be to that obedient Sunday school teacher whose name was Edward Kimball. Think of this. If Edward Kimball was not obedient to the Godly perspective, and had gone to that shoe store, think about it. No matter what your ministry is, or whatever your gift may be, you can have the godly perspective and be used mightily by God today. Whether you're teaching children, whether you're leading a small group, whether you are mentoring, whatever you're doing, you might be a greeter, you might be a sacrificial giver, God can give you that Godly perspective. You may be discouraged right now and going through some discouragement. Live above it. You may be experiencing frustrations right now. The godly perspective will help you to live above it. But I'm inviting you to seek to obey the godly perspective. And you can begin today and watch out how God can impact the world through you. Shall we pray? Father, You are the God who promised and the God who always keeps his promises. I thank you for each individual who seek your perspective in life. Who seek to obey you with all of their heart. And Father, you know who they are. You know their circumstances. Holy Spirit, will you minister to each one of them individually. Come with power come with glory, come with opportunities, uh, open eyes and open ears, that they will see how your hand can work and will work in their lives. Father, we thank you for the God perspective. May it be ours for Jesus' sake. In his name I pray.
0: You're listening to Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Yusuf. Please understand that the beginning of having the right perspective is a life committed to Jesus. Learn more when you visit ltw.org slash Jesus, ltw.org slash Jesus. You know, I was really touched by Dr. Yusuf telling how Edward Kimball, through his obedience, impacted the young life of D.L. Moody and ultimately millions of others. Like Edward Kimball, Dr. Yusuf was obedient to God's call on his life to preach the gospel, ultimately founding Leading the Way, which grew to become a worldwide ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus. Recently we received a note from a man who experienced his own life change as he met Jesus through the international ministry of Leading the Way. I always thought that Christians were killers. I came from a Muslim family and have never considered Christianity before listening to your program. I first began listening out of curiosity, and then I was compelled to think about eternity. Dr. Yusuf's way of speaking about life after death made me continue to listen. Our local team were able to reach out to this person and helped him understand more about the gospel. If you'd like to learn more about the global impact of leading the way, call one 300 133 589 or go online to ltw.org. Once again, one 300 589 and ltw.org. Well, that's it for today. All except for this invitation to join Dr. Yusuf again next time when he continues his series, Having the Right Perspective on Leading the Way.
1: The most important thing to remember is that even when the world looks out of control, it is not out of God's control. Everything is on schedule for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus himself in Matthew 24 gave us the answer. It's, of course, we had earthquakes and fires and all these things have always been around. But Jesus said in Matthew 24, it will be like a childbirth. You know, when the labor pains start coming more frequently, you know, there's time for the baby to be born. And he said, that's how it's going to be that when we see all these things happening around the world, we know that the time is getting near to the return of Christ. So get ready and be prepared. Passionately proclaiming uncompromising truth on Leading the Way.
0: This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.